Welcome to the carpool. It's, uh, I think I'm working on episode 10 of season one. Who knows how many seasons we'll, we'll go for. Sorry, I'm having to watch two lanes of traffic while I get on the on-ramp here and it's busy. So, I don't want to get hit. There we go. So, here's when I first was thinking about this podcast and what to call it. Oh, hey, by the way, I got my leftover cola beverage of choice for lunch with a little spritz of mango because I'm frou-frou like that. Yeah, that's that's me. Highfalutin, fancy all the way. <laughs> that's why I put it in my refill from lunch because I'm so highfalutin trying to squeeze as many free refills out of my one drink purchase as I can. Yep, that's that's how the rich and famous do it. I'm telling you. Anywho. So, I titled my podcast the way I did, Carpooling with Adam. And I, in the back of my mind, there was this nagging thing of, what if you don't talk about carpooling? Okay. So I'm going to talk about carpooling and uh, we'll see how long this goes. Let's see, Uh, gas prices suck, traffic sucks, putting your life in your hands on the freeway and roads every day for uncontrollable amounts of time sucks. So there, (laughs) we covered it I think, right? So the solution is, let more people work from home, right? It's good for the environment, good for our sanity, good for work-life balance. But the opposition I always hear to working from home, and I think I touched on this before, there's some things you just can't do from home, I get it. But I'm talking for as many as there are professional office-based sit in your butt at a computer type jobs that now that uh, high speed internet is more prevalent, mobile devices um, I think a lot of people can make it work the opposition I always hear there's lots of reasons given but most often what it comes down to is the sense of control which I find interesting because the more and more I'm in the professional world, the more and more I study and learn and read about the different things different companies are doing out there, I think we're kidding ourselves as to what level of influence we have in the workplace, right? Lots of talk right now about creating the right culture, right? Right, you gotta have the right company culture. You gotta have the right office culture that will somehow engender marvelous, wonderful things and lots of smooth, happy, crappy all over the place. I don't think it works that way. I think we're kidding ourselves. Um, no, I I signaled and got over plenty of time. It's all right. Just relax. Um. So we're, 
it really, I, I see a lot of this on websites. So the company culture stuff works great for websites and for marketing campaigns. Oh, uh, there's a local one here that's on a lot of billboards that I'm not going to name by name because I don't want to do that. <laughs> and their logo on a truck just drove by me. That's funny. Uh, but they're a local car dealership. Okay. And their latest campaign is we hear you. So they find all these different ways and twists they can make on being good listeners and how we listen to you as a customer and blah, blah, blah. Here's the reality, folks. I've been in their car dealerships. Their salespeople and staff are not any better trained or skilled listeners than anywhere else. So it is 100% marketing and not based in actual fact or truth. Now, they may very well have, it is a company policy that we listen and pay attention to our customers, right? Cool. I'm sure you also provide lots of hands-on training for all of your employees on how to be good listeners, right? And if I were to meet them in my neighborhood or in the community, I would say, huh, I bet they work for such and such place because their billboard says they're good listeners. And he seems like a good listener. I bet that's where they work. Come on, that's a load of crap. You know that hasn't done any of that. They don't spend any time. Maybe they have an inspirational thought of the day that they put on the whiteboard or something about being good listeners and blah, blah, blah. But when you're dealing with humans and you're touting as some kind of uh, exceptional human behavior, <laughs> BS, there's no way that many companies invest what it really takes to invest in people and their human skills and behaviors. Just, just doesn't happen, right? It's, uh, let's do as little as possible just so we can say we did and so our marketing campaign is legit even if they take it that far, right? So that's what I'm talking about. Everybody's company culture is great on their website, right? <coughs> Excuse me, there's companies out there who uh, try and... maybe get the real feel, the word on the street as far as those companies go, right? Getting reviews and surveys from current and former employees on different aspects of the business and the company culture. Uh, obviously, anyone who's paid a little attention to surveys, they're not... If you're trying to get accurate, thorough data, a, a quick survey is not the best way to do that. So maybe it gives you some kind of feel and maybe you read the, the happy jazzy on the website and then you go read these reviews of this company online and find out it's quite contrary. Okay, so now what, you know? So it's, it's really hard to know for sure. Um, the fact that 
all this, all the silly stuff the companies say to try and sound appealing. Um, we believe in working hard and playing hard. Okay, so that means when I'm there till 10 o'clock at night, you'll let me take 15 minutes for a ping pong game break or something like that. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, that 15 minutes of playing ping pong totally made up for the four extra hours I'm here every night. No. Um, we're a family. We're, we're, we're like family. Well, okay. I love my family, but I don't want to hang... Well, I can't say that. Because my, my wife and kids, I would hang out with them 24-7. Um, and not have an issue, but... That's, that's a risky one, because what if I hate my family? Do I want that at work, too? And uh, is the workplace really going to benefit me as much as good, positive, healthy family relationships? Probably not. Uh, maybe in some cases, but uh, if that's your case and that works for you, uh, awesome. That wouldn't work for me. Uh, I don't need a second family. I have a great one already, and I'd rather invest in that. And my work doesn't have to be another family for me. Alright, there's just so many things that they try and make it sound like our controlled environment is very beneficial and pleasant to be in. Most of the time, it is not. Because uh, what works for some doesn't work for another. And Oh, well, we try and hire people that are all alike or similar. Well, that's nonsense because that's not possible to do enough. That uh, human beings just are not that homogenous. They're just not. Unless it's in a contrived and fake way. Um, so, let's gotta stop kidding ourselves about how much influence and control we should or could have over people at work and how much I, <laughs> I just don't the interactions I have with people at work every day while most of the time they're pleasant that just makes it more bearable right that's not that's just not... I, that doesn't inspire me more. It doesn't energize me more. It doesn't lead to new and innovative thinking. What does, though, is... Having absolute control over my day. Of what happens and when. And if I want to go grab a soda or a snack or lunch with a friend. Awesome. If I want to go out take one of my kids out for lunch on their birthday you know having those kind of options if I feel like I need to go for a walk in mid-morning get some fresh air clear my head uh, I could do that around work but it's not my nice home community environment and my where my office is is not as safe and I should leave my wallet locked up in my desk and you know you know you know what I'm saying it's just not the same not waving to friendly faces, stopping and chatting for a bit. Oh, how's so-and-so? Or how's your daughter doing? How's she recovering from her pneumonia? Whatever. Just whatever. Just the human people interaction thing just doesn't happen walking around outside of work.
no, you go with a buddy at work, and, uh, okay, fine, that's better, but still not the same. Um, sorry if I sound too much like I'm giving a ser sermon. I just gotta remember I'm just talking, and that I'm not necessarily trying to give an essay or disposition on something. That's right, that's the right word. I meant to say that. <laughs> Maybe. So, now, what I'm not saying is that environments shouldn't be, we shouldn't worry about the environment at work and its influence, because we should. But I think we're misleading and mis misleading ourselves when we think that reaches deep into areas that really it doesn't and we just kind of kid ourselves that we do, right? That somehow they're tapping into something in my innermost self <coughs> and helping me blossom and share all my goodness with the world. Just not happening. Uh, most of the time I'm just doing my best to tolerate being surrounded by a lot of people I didn't choose to be surrounded by, working with people I didn't choose to work with in circumstances I did not choose. So, right, with so much being out of my control, I just do my best to make it work and still be effective. That's not what I hope and dream for, right? That's not what humans most want. So, changing the format of the meetings or what you call them or how they're structured or how they happen. These are all minor, minor, minor insignificant changes that some people have been convinced lead to astounding, amazing results. Just not the case. Just not the case. Let's make work a human-friendly environment, a pleasant place to be. And one that is an environment that frees us up to do our best work and give our most contributions and use the most of our creativity. Or let's not pretend that we can create such an environment and let people do that for themselves at home and still be able to contribute and, and add value and make contributions. That's what I think has a better chance of succeeding. And for those folks who say, no, I just, I gotta come into the office or I don't get any work done, cool, you do that. But that doesn't have to be this blanket, cross the board exception for everyone. Ex exception for everyone? <laughs> rule for everyone, right? It doesn't have to be the rule for everyone because some people prefer that. It's individual preferences, we don't make large sweeping rules out of individual preferences. That's kind of counterproductive. Uh, so this notion of control, it's just, it's not a reality. And if it is, I have yet to see controlling mechanisms be effective without some form of coercion, right? 
and frankly, I would say I lumped instilling fear in people as a form of coercion, right? Because you're kind of pushing them into behavior that they wouldn't necessarily do on their own out of fear of some consequences that you are going to impose. Um, I think in a lot of cases that's not necessary. Maybe in some cases it is. That would be an interesting discussion. But in most office circumstances, that's not necessary. And where does that come from? That comes from that individual who's trying to be controlling their own inner insecurities, which we all have as humans. Um, And so right away, when I see someone using that mechanism, oh, do I trust that it's coming out of a good place? And can I trust intentions and meaning and priority and perspective from someone who's using fear-based motivations or controlling methods? Uh, No, I cannot. Because those are all contradictory to such measures. So, right away it tells me a lot. And credibility is down the toilet at that point. So, accepting direction or uh, anything from a person like that, um, I am going to as most humans would, resist that as much as possible. And if you want everyone resisting that, are you really getting the best out of them? I would submit that you are not. And in fact, probably encouraging it more the other way, where under different circumstances, in a more human-friendly approach, you would get so much better. But now you're being destructive. Not only getting average or meh stuff out of people, they're going to hold back and produce less. So craft the whip harder, beat the drum. No. It sounds so silly that I say this out loud, but I see it and it's so common. And it's such a part of modern business management and practice. And that's just crazy to me. That's like, let's ignore everything we've learned about humans over the last 50 years. And pretend that these horribly ineffective methods are still the only way we have to do things. And are the best way to go. That's just, that's false. It's silly. But yet, for some reason, it's still so prevalent. I don't know. I don't I don't get it. And this isn't an intelligence thing. That's the funny thing to me is the most most of the time when I bring this up with someone who's not necessarily receptive to my ideas or ways of thinking, their response is, "Well, they're a smart person." Yeah, and I just I, it catches me off guard cuz like, well, at no point were we discussing intelligence. I'm a smart person. I still do dumb stuff. Every smart person and every really, really smart person still does dumb stuff because people, humans do dumb stuff. So intelligence is never part of the equation and I'm never insulting someone's intelligence. I'm just saying 
Uh, they're making a decision based on bad information or flawed assumptions. And uh, it, it doesn't get better from there. <coughs> Even though they might be really intelligent. Anywho, I think I've taken enough detours and gone down enough rabbit holes for one day. Thanks for joining me in the carpool. I appreciate the good, lively discussion as always. And you have a good rest of your day. Bye-bye.